Welcome to Fearless Marketing for Life Coaches. I'm Simone Gray Soul, and I'm here to teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without paying for ads, buying Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and I promise you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, Fearless Tribe. I want to talk to you today about what it's like behind the scenes of my business, what I spend my time doing, and what, more importantly, what I am thinking about when I'm working and also when I'm not working. I think this is important because I remember when I was starting out, beginning to build my business, I had all of these assumptions about what these sort of high earning coaches must be thinking about and what they spend their days doing. And it's, I think it might be really interesting for all of my listeners to get a peek into what it's really like. And I got this idea to talk about this because in my Facebook group, Fearless uh, Marketing for Life Coaches on Facebook, which by the way, if you're not in there, I invite you to join us. I had posted about this myth that being fully booked is going to make you super busy. This is important because that's what holds a lot of people back is that they have a fear that when they become really successful, when they book a lot of clients, when they are making lots of money, that they are going to be so overwhelmed and frazzled and they won't have any time to do the things that they love. And so I thought it was important for me to point out that Actually, I have lots of time in my life. And in fact, I have so much time that most days I make lunch and dinner for me and my husband from scratch. I don't do the dishes because I don't like doing the dishes and he's very good at it. (laughs) My husband does the dishes. I have enough time that I make lunch and dinner from scratch. And the, the reason is I don't have to, obviously, but I love cooking. Cooking has been one of my biggest passions for like forever since I was a kid. I've been obsessed with reading cookbooks and I have had this giant collection of cookbooks that I was always pouring through. And now I watch tons and tons of cooking videos on Facebook and on YouTube. And that's kind of how I, that's literally how I have fallen asleep for the past, I don't know, two, three years, every single night. I put myself to bed watching cooking videos. (laughs) very relaxing to me as well as very interesting and so that's okay so now you know how I go to bed how I put myself to sleep but really I spend so much time cooking like in the middle of the day I will cook my lunch and me for for my husband as well and I will cook our dinner unless I don't feel like it then we'll go out but it's not because I don't have time one of the things that I love to do for my health is to take these long walks with my husband And we have a thing where we keep going until we hit 10,000 steps. And that usually takes about two or three hours, depending on how slow we're walking and whether we're stopping for a coffee or something. And so that's something we love to do that I have time for on most days. And also, I have talked at different points of this episode of uh, of this podcast about how much I love napping. <laughs> it's kind of my my naps have become sort of famous because I always talk about how much I like them and how I talk take these long naps. 
And I'm trying to take less long naps because I used to take these like epic three, four hour naps. <laughs> and I'm trying to make them shorter because they, I'm, I sleep less well at night, obviously, when I've taken such a long nap. But the point is, I have the time for these long naps many days, most days, right? So people were like really like, had their mind blown. You know, I got that, you know, that wow reaction button on Facebook with that face with like the round mouth, like the wow button. So many people clicked the wow button on um, the comment where I talked about this because they couldn't believe that I, a fully booked coach who's teaching a mastermind and obviously creating so much prolific content all the time, have so much time in my life to do the things I enjoy. And to me... It wouldn't be worth it if, even if I was making all of the money in the world, if I couldn't have time to slowly cook a meal that I want for me and my husband, if we couldn't take our long walks, if I couldn't go on vacations, if I couldn't take three-day weekends if I wanted to, and I often do. And because most people might be assuming that you have less time the more successful you are. I really thought it was important to point this out. And actually, I think the more successful you are, at least in what I see in my mentors, the more time you actually create. I have more time. It feels like I have a little bit more time than I used to because my processes are a lot more streamlined. And when I was first building my business, I was putting a lot more hustle into it in the sense that I was really enjoying like being in the grind. You know, I was really proud of putting in so many hours into coaching and I still am, right? And I think that's definitely the right way to go. You, for example, if you're, if you want to become a world-class chef, or not even world class. If you want to be a successful chef, you always, you obviously would want to put in a lot of hours in the beginning, mastering the essentials, right? Laying a really strong foundation. Or if you want to be a, an excellent guitarist, or really whatever skill that you're building in the beginning, you want to really put in the work. You know, put yourself through the grind so that you build a strong foundation which is another reason that I recommend all of my clients to have a fully booked one-on-one coaching practice for at least a year, if not longer, before they even start to think about uh, building a group program or just creating anything for you know multiple people. Because through so many hours of coaching people one-on-one, that's how you really develop your skills That's how you develop your voice and style as a coach, right? So a lot of the reason it kind of flops when people try to begin their businesses with a group program because they erroneously believe that it's easier to sell because it's a cheaper price point, they end up not being able to sell very effectively because they haven't yet nailed down the psychology of their ideal client. They don't even know who who their, their ideal client is because they haven't spent hundreds of hours working with all these different kinds of people, figuring out by trial and error what they are like as a coach and who they are best poised to serve. And in that process, the market kind of lets you know who you are as a coach. I really believe that. 
for most cases. There is a small minority of cases where you are 100% all in on exactly your type of people and exactly your niche from the beginning. And that is the thing that happens. So I want to say, I don't want to say that doesn't happen, but for the most part, you don't fully know who you are as a coach and what about you? The market is going to find magical and irreplaceable and amazing. And what in your brain you are going to find is at some point you're going to be creating intellectual property. You're going to come up with ideas and you're going to come up with like your unique angles and perspectives on things that is going to really make you stand out from the market. And that is really something that you create, something that you earn by putting in the time. Right. So hold on. I feel like this is a tangent. (laughs) Who was I talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So I was talking about how you actually gain more knowledge about who you are as a coach and who you like to serve and how to sell those people because you understand client psychology so much better by working with lots of one-on-one clients. Therefore, the more quote-unquote successful you are, the more clients you book, the more time goes by, the more money you earn, the less time that you you spend in the grind. You There's obviously like, different forms of the grind that you still have to get through if you want to keep growing. But I know that I feel my life feels a lot more spacious now because I'm fully booked, because I am teaching my mastermind classes than it was, than it felt a year ago. And I know that for my coach, who is a multi-millionaire, you know, multiple seven-figure earning coach, she works even less than me. And we produce at a high, we learn how to produce at a higher level, how to get results for our clients at a higher level in less time because we are always training our brains to be more, more effective, to work smarter all the time rather than longer or harder, how to think in, in, at a high level, how to think rigorously so that we come up with better stuff in a shorter amount of time and we don't spend as much time solving for the wrong problems, which is something that, you know, you might do a lot more of in the beginning. And that's just something that happens trial and error, right? So I really want you to internalize this idea that it's very possible. And of course, a lot of people do hustle endlessly and they keep hustling to make more money and they keep hustling for more success, more money, more clients, and they burn out. And there, that is definitely a way to grow. But why would you want to grow like that? Right? You don't want to. If you have a choice and we most definitely have a choice, there are such better ways to do this. And that's what I learned from my coach. And that's what I have lived the, you know, I'm the living experience and the living evidence of it. And I, that's what I try to preach to my clients as well, because I want them to enjoy their lives. Whatever it is that you love doing, I want you to have time for it and you will have time for it. You already do have time for it. So busting the myth that fully booked coaches are super busy and overwhelmed. Okay. So you might be wondering how does she have the time to what, like how, what is the exact breakdown of her day? So this is what it looks like. As I live in South Korea, and it's like the opposite time zone of a lot of my clients who are in North America, and I also have a few clients in Europe and other places like Australia, so I have clients all over. I think the biggest proportion of them are in North America, and because they're in the opposite time zone, to make it work, they, I, have to, I often am up very early. 
So oftentimes my, I have calls at like 6 a.m. and I will start my day to prepare for my, my first call at 6 a.m. I'll be up at, you know, a little bit after five. So, and I don't mind that as much because I like to go to bed early and rise early and I will have a, a batch of calls in the morning. I will have three or four calls in the morning and they're sometimes back to back. Sometimes they're not. I have pockets of time in, in between the calls. And so, so think about it. If I start my day at five or, or, or six or seven in the morning and I have three or four calls by usually by 10 or 11 ish, I'm done for the, for the AM. Right. And that's when I will you know, stroll over to the grocery store and get some things I want to make, whatever I want to feel, whatever I feel like making for lunch. Maybe it's Thai curry noodles, right? And I say, oh, what do I need? I need a lime. <laughs> I need to get some chicken, whatever. And I'll go do a little grocery shopping. If there's a grocery store across the store, I'll come back home. I'll take maybe 30, 40 minutes putting together a little lunch and I will eat it with my husband at around noon. And usually in a couple of hours after that, maybe like one or two-ish in the afternoon, I have another, usually I have a few more calls, right? So it's kind of like three or four hours work, meaning calls in the morning, and then maybe two or three more calls in the afternoon, between which I have this big block of time, usually like, you know, um, two, three, sometimes even four hours when, where I just have time to make lunch and just putter and whatever. So then I will have maybe like two calls, usually like two or three calls in the afternoon. It's rare that I have three calls. I think it's mostly like two at most calls in the afternoon. And then I'm usually done by three, four, five, depending on the day. My fun time, my relaxation time begins in the late afternoon. Let me just summarize that for you once again. (laughs) It's maybe on average, maybe four hours of work in the morning, another two, three hours of work in the afternoon, and then the rest of the day I have free. And if you think about it, that's a lot of time that I have free. Sometimes I'll be free from three o'clock on. Sometimes I'll be free from four o'clock on. And the rest of the day, I just do whatever. I also take Monday off. I forgot to say that. Yeah, I have to have Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off. So I always have three-day weekends. Sometimes there's some calls that have to happen on Monday. So I sort of like reserve Monday to like catch some a few calls that I can't fit in elsewhere. But for the most part, my Mondays are empty. So that's a snapshot of what my life looks like. And I also want to tell you what I spend my time thinking about. Because people must have assumptions about what coaches, you know, at this level spend their time thinking about. And uh, I don't know, maybe what I actually spend time thinking about might surprise you. So I think it might be useful to share with you about that. One thing that I spend the most amount of my thinking time thinking about is my current clients. Where they are right now, what their blocks are, where they're headed I particularly spend lots of time thinking on purpose about my clients' future selves. And I conceive of it, I picture it in a way where it's inevitable in my mind. 
So I might have a client who's learning how to make her first $10,000. Or I have another client who's halfway to fully filling her practice. Or I might have a client who is nearly um, filled her practice and is thinking about what's next. Right? For every single one of them, I think about who they're going to become, where they're going to be in six months, where they're going to be in a year, where they're going to be in five years, even where they're going to be in 20 years. I think to myself, huh, this client is going to totally become a thought leader in this sphere. And I just picture them like, you know, doing TED Talks and going on a book tour and talking on talk shows about her amazing world-changing ideas. Another client, I just see them collaborating with other thought leaders in the field, like being on like Marie Forleo's show, like being friends with Brene Brown. <laughs> and other clients, I specifically think, think about how they're going to have this multi-million dollar empire based on their ideas. And I just try to I imagine what their, what their programs might look like. And I imagine all of the people, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are going to benefit from the power of their ideas. Like I spend intentional time thinking about the, the inevitability of where my clients are headed. I hold this strongly, so strongly in my mind on purpose because my clients lean on me for belief. Obviously, they learn how to lean on themselves for self-belief. But when they wobble, it's on me to have enough belief for like 10 people so that my clients are never confused about whether I believe in them. And my certainty inspires their certainty. The reason that I'm so grandiose with the way that I imagine my client's future is because I literally believe that every single one of them is destined for so much greatness. I, it doesn't occur to me to think any smaller. I think that's a big part of what makes me such a good coach is that I truly in my heart see my clients in the greatest possible light. I don't believe any of their self-limiting stories. And they might only be thinking about themselves, you know, six months or a year from now, but I think about them and, 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 for, and what's possible for them. And more importantly, what is going to change in the world because they dared to step up with their ideas, they dared to serve at the highest level. How that's going to benefit humanity, how that's going to alter the course of history. And I really don't think that I am being too extra with this because ideas change the course of history. It could be up to any one of us to be the one who creates ideas that have ripple effects, that have radical implications on just how we do as a species, as the human species. The way I think attracts similar people who have a hunger for big visions and who see themselves, who want to step into that, into that role and to fill those shoes and to enjoy having giant thoughts with me and not be intimidated by the challenge of growing into the version of ourselves who just make that true, make that happen. And that's not the only way or the, even the best way or a better way to go about this process. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, 
there's, there's nothing inherently better about having a giant vision versus having like a medium-sized vision. Like it's, there's no difference, but I think I tend to attract people who are, who like thinking really big because I think really big. It's so, so fun for me to just think in such a big way. So that's what I spend lots of time thinking about. I also spend lots of time thinking about their present and, and their past and how to kind of reconcile the relationship between who they are now and who they're becoming. What are the blocks, right? If I teach something and it's not, you know, being implemented right away, if a teaching, like if, if I find that a client isn't making progress in a particular area after I, you know, we have coached on it, I ask myself, okay, what's missing here? How could I have explained it differently? Is there a sneaky thought? Is there some kind of thing hidden underneath the surface that's getting in their way? What is that? And what, what am I not seeing? And what am I seeing that isn't true? Like I'm always asking myself very critical questions. Critical as in I go through it with a fine tooth comb, not like critical as in I'm being critical, right? I'm always problem solving on behalf of my clients in my own head. So... Usually when I hop on a coaching call with a client, I have already thought so much about them that even if they say, this rarely happens, but even if they say, everything's great, I don't know what to talk about. Or, you know, if they think they don't know what to get coached on, again, that doesn't happen very much. But when it does, I'm like, all right, I have an agenda for you. Like, I know, I have thought so much about where your growth is and what your obstacles are and exactly how to solve it, that I bring it all to the call and we always just get to work at such a high level in such a deep way because of my investment in thinking about them and for them and on their behalf. I think that a lot of coaches, when they are thinking about their business growth, they kind of forget to think about their current clients. But I really think that the best kind of growth comes from when you are being the best possible coach to your clients, when you grow yourself to be the coach who creates better and better results for her clients. And I just think that's really important to model that. Another thing that I spend lots of time thinking about is who I want to be in three years, in five years, in 10 years what I want my business to look like in three years, five years, 10 years, because I'm always creating not for this year's goals, but I'm always creating for my three year, the three year later, Simone, you know, the version of Simone, her goals. Who is she around? What kind of platform is she commanding? And I already told you, I like thinking really big. So you won't be surprised to hear that my vision for three years from now is very big, not just in terms of size or not just in terms of like the number of people or the amount of money, but it just feels very ambitious, like in the, at the heart level, how many lives I want to touch and what kind of powerful, beneficent, loving impact I want to have on so many people to turn so many things around for the better and how I want to create this like revolution of love and marketing, right? How I want to completely 
rewrite how people talk about marketing, how we approach it and how we think about life coaching. Like these ideas, like I'm just getting palpitations in my heart talking about it because they're so exciting to me. Imagine every life coach was got excited about marketing. Imagine every life coach saw marketing as a way to create powerful transformation in their people before they ever got paid. Imagine they regarded marketing in a way where there's no sharp divide between marketing and making money or marketing and getting and working with paying clients because it's all a continuum of service. It's all a, a part of the grander project of contributing more healing, more wholeness, more thriving to the world. And what would it be like if we just all lost our fear of business, lost our, our fear of money, lost our all the thoughts that create separation and all the, all the thoughts that create the fear of the ego that want us to stay in the same place because we are afraid of change. Like I imagine the impact of all of these ideas and it just blows my mind. It's staggering. It is the most sacred. I even want to say holy thing that I could devote myself to. And I think about what would the utmost version of that look like in three years in five years in 10 years. And I take action for my business from that place now. So when I am selling spots for my mastermind, when I am recruiting people into my email list, when I am recording this podcast, right? I like do it with all of that in the back of my mind. I don't do it for the next paying client. I don't do it for the next subscriber. I don't do it for the next $10,000, $100,000. And all of that, keeps me in such such perspective it grounds me it it keeps me connected so deeply to my purpose and i really think that's one of the reasons i have grown so fast and i think i will continue to grow fast and you might have noticed that in all of my talk about taking you behind the scenes i haven't really talked about the things i do in terms of the nuts and bolts of the strategy of my business right? How I build out my funnels, how I, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's really because I am telling you what is always at the top of my mind. And I rarely spend a lot of time intentionally. Well, I mean, I do spend time thinking about concrete actions and strategy, but all of it feels really downstream of everything that I have already talked to you about thinking about my clients and how to get them results, thinking about where I want to go with my business, right? Thinking about how to solve problems for the, for the clients that I have, right? And how I need to grow to become the version of myself who can lead everybody that I want to lead in three years and five years. All the actions that I take, they come downstream. They sort of, sort of arise as like a byproduct of thinking about all of these things. So, it really feels like it's not entirely accurate to say it's second priority, but it feels like more of like the filling in the details after I create the the big picture blueprint. And it just feels like, yeah, that's the nitty gritty. I figure it out as I, as I go along, but really this is the more important things. Like that's really how I live my life and that's how I do my business. And really my, my strategy that the particulars and the exact what I do for my business, um, like the step-by-step, the actual actions I take have changed a lot. 
And I know that for all of my, my colleagues who are, you know, growing at a similar rate that I am, um, are in similar sort of income, um, uh, brackets, profit brackets, we all have such different methods. We all have different how to's. We are all taking different enough actions. All of our funnels look different. So that is what convinces me even more that it's not about the how. There's so many ways. There's so many different paths, so many different strategies. There's no one right one, and it'll even change with the evolution of your business. But the constant that you want to keep working on, what is going to provide you with the anchor or the coordinates by which you know how to steer, like the GPS, right? How you know where to go, how, how you know how to make decisions and how you, how you know how to get up after you fail and to reroute, like all of that comes from what you are believing about where you're going, what your work is about and what you want to help your clients create. So I think that is another interesting thing about how my brain works and what I think is contrib- contributing to the growth of my business. And I really encourage all of my clients and all of the people who follow me to spend a lot more time thinking intentionally about your business instead of doing so much, right? Of course, you do want to take action, obviously, but Thinking intentionally means thinking in a way that supports your growth, thinking in a way that supports your risk-taking, thinking in a way that is really in service of you taking action for your vision. And when I say thinking, I don't mean like keep you know spinning around in the same, same mind drama. Like that's not what I mean by thinking. Intentional thinking, right? Fruitful, productive, um, eye-opening, heart-opening, right? Um, idea generating thinking so much more important than just doing all of the actions without much thought it just adds so much juice so much fuel to your actions and you will just see such better results if you spend more time intentionally thinking all right my friends so i wish you a day filled with really interesting thoughts because guess what we are life coaches our thoughts create impact in our own lives and our thoughts create impact in our clients' lives. And that is what lets us sign clients. That is what makes us money. So happy thinking, and I will talk to you next time. If you're a life coach, I want to tell you about the best opportunity you have to grow a fully booked practice this year. And it's through my mastermind, Six Months to Fully Booked. I'm opening applications in May for the July class. And I got to tell you, students in my April class are growing like crazy. And it's just blowing my mind how much is possible in such a short time. Six months to fully booked. Yes, it's possible for you. If you're a life coach and you are 100% committed to creating a fully booked practice this year, don't miss the chance to become part of my July class. More details and information are on my website and I'll include a link in the show notes. Don't miss the chance to create your dream coaching practice this year and get on that application. I'll see you on the other side.